All right, everybody. I want to thank everyone for joining us here for the investor conference call for Global Consortium Incorporated, ticker symbol GCGX. This is Stuart Smith with Small Cap Voice. I want to thank everybody for sending in their questions for the call today. But before we get started, I do need to read off the forward-looking statements. So this is not a news release. This is a conference call. So this conference call contains forward-looking statements as that term is defined in Section 27A of the United States Securities Act of 1933 as amended and Section 21E of the Securities Exchange Act of 1934, as amended. Statements in this conference call, which are not purely historical or forward-looking statements that include any statements regarding beliefs, plans, expectations, or intentions regarding the future. Such forward-looking statements include, among other things, estimates of services and equipment markets, the release of corporate apps, growth of the platform, target markets, product releases, product demand, and business strategy. Actual results could differ from those projected in any forward-looking statement due to numerous factors. Such factors include, among others, the inherent uncertainties associated with new projects and development stage companies. These forward-looking statements are made of as of the date of this interview, conference call, and the company assumes no obligation to update the forward-looking statements or update the reasons why actual results could differ from any of those projected in in the forward-looking statements. Although the company believes that any belief, plans, expectations, and intentions contained in this conference call are reasonable, there can be no assurance that any such beliefs, plans, expectations, or intentions will prove to be accurate. Investors should always consult all of the information set forth herein and should also consider that any investment in securities is at risk. Well, with that out of the way, let me welcome to the show CEO Matt Dwyer. Matt, thank you. Hey, Stuart. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Thank you for putting this conference call together. I also have assembled a list of questions for you. Now, I know we were also supposed to have the MJ Ninja Chief Operating Officer Tom Rowland with us on this call, but currently, Matt, he is engaged with the state of California. So tell us what's going on there. Well, as we're putting them all together, we're doing manufacturing, we're doing distribution, we're doing delivery, uh, we're going to do testing. We're going to try to put retail in there, which we've kind of got a quasi not now apply in a few months. So right before the call, he received a call from the state of California, and he's on with the, our attorney to go ahead and go through one of our licensing processes right now. And I would much rather have him on that call than this call. But I assume in the future we will have him on a call, and he can really get into the details of the uh, cannabis operation for us. Yeah, absolutely. Listeners, I do want to apologize and I will make that commitment to you. We will have Tom Rowland on in the very near future to tackle some of the specific cannabis related questions that were sent in. We're going to have more of a corporate focus today with the CEO, Matt Dwyer. Uh, and listeners, I do want to let you know your exact question may not be answered. It's because there's an umbrella of questions that all come in sort of related to the same topic, such as when are you uplisting to the OTCQB? Well, within that, that also talks about the S-1 registration. So, uh, again, there might be some of your questions joined together. So, Matt, that's really the first question, and it came in quite a bit. A lot of corporate things asking about uplisting. So, let's start there. The process is underway. We 
are doing the consolidation of the financials to hand off to the auditing team who will then work on the audit. And when they're about three-quarters of the way done with that, then the attorney will give us the best and easiest road to take it through the registration process. And through this process, because I haven't done one for a while, I learned you can do the Form 10, you can do the S-1, you can also do uh, a Reg A, and then once your Reg A goes effective, within about 15, 20 days, there's another filing you can make, which also therefore makes the company reporting. So we're going to make that determination down the road a little bit, but it'll be one of the three. So the process right now is when we file by the 15th of April, we'll have our consolidated report, which means then our auditing team will have our consolidated report at that point, and then they'll take it through the process. We anticipate 60 to 75 days for the audit to get done, and the process has been a little bit longer because we took a company that was operating since 2012, maybe a couple years before that, that didn't have to be audited, that was in an industry, was a mom-and-pop business. Most mom-and-pop businesses operate, you know, not certainly to full gap accounting or gap accounting at all. So now we had to take this business and make a gap accounting to come up with an end number for 16, then ordered 17, then ordered 18. So it was a little bit challenging, but uh, they're about 90% done. So once that's done, the attorney, the auditor will do his thing, the attorney will do his thing. I would say if I had to put a time limit on it right now, I'm going to go with mid to end of, of June to look for a well, one of the three, S1, Form 10, Reg A, you know, whichever one is the fastest to get us through the process. So at the end of the day, we're a fully reporting company. That's the one we're going to do. All right, we've got some extensions on that question. So here's the first one. Once GCGX is successfully uplisted to the OTCQB, will they also be expecting to uplist again to a major stock exchange? That is our ultimate goal. As you look at the cannabis companies that trade in Canada, the, the larger companies, they've gone up there, they're on the CSE, then they come down here to NASDAQ uh, to list. So our ultimate goal is not to go... OTCQB, not to go to OTCQX, but it's to true go to NASDAQ and trade on that exchange. All right. This goes a little further down the line, but I think it's still a good point that they want to know about, and it came in in a few different uh, forms, but the people want to know about dividends. Uh, is GCGX ever considering having dividends, and if so, would they be quarterly or annual? Well, I can speak for the officers of the company, being myself, the other directors, and the, you know, Tom Rowland and some of the other large investors in the company that have actually invested in Global, the private entity, before we rolled it into the Pubco, I know we'd all like dividends. So, will they, you know, can I say right now when they will be? No. Is it anticipated to be? Yes. But those things won't happen until after the company's gone through its registration process and we're at least QB. We can do it before... Um, NASDAQ, but it'll certainly have to be in that QB process. Will it happen this year? I, I don't know, but I think we can probably rule in uh, next year, 2020, for that. And, of, of course, as soon as we can begin to do that, it benefits all the large shareholders. So that's definitely on the table. 
Well, and you just kind of answered this one a moment ago, and I think we know enough companies that are on the NASDAQ that this is not a question that we need to, but I'll get your take on it anyways. Uh, is there a legal issue for a cannabis company on the NASDAQ? Yes and no. Okay, the legal issue is for U.S. companies, you cannot touch the plant. So the way global is established right now, we have infused edibles, we have um, indulged oils, the uh, Colorado Farm, and then we have some other brands. And through all those, we then utilize the company in California, which has and controls the license to do the manufacturing, the distribution, delivery. So we've separated the companies and have kept them separate for this legal Chinese wall. With that legal Chinese wall in place, Global Consortium, GCTX, does not touch the plant. And as long as that Chinese wall exists, we can therefore go on to and list on NASDAQ without any issues of, oh, you're touching the plant. So that's why many people write to me. I don't know if you get any writing on it or questions asked on you um, about licensing. Okay. GCTX, the public company, doesn't hold any licenses. The, there is a separate company controlled by Tom Rowan and myself that holds all the licenses at this point in time, and the licenses in Sacramento are tied to the real estate. The, um, and we, in a, I think it was in one of our reports, maybe it was a prior press release, somewhere, somewhere along the line, we did announce our intention of the PubCo to acquire the building. Now, that obviously wouldn't happen until after we got through the audit, after we got through the uplist, because at that point in time, I would, I would see in my mind and envision a much higher stock price than where we're at right now, because um, we wouldn't want to buy the building at this point. The dilution would be too great, and there's no reason to run out and execute on the building at this point. We have a five-year lease on the building. The building's controlled by another company that, again, is owned by myself and Tom, and we've agreed to sell that to Global. But at this point, you know, the, with the building coming in here and the Chinese wall existing and the licenses held over here, our assets are there, our revenues would be there, and therefore we would qualify to list on that. All right, I think this is the final question in this area, but it's probably the most important, and it came in in several different forms from several different people. Will you need to do a reverse split in order to meet the NASDAQ listing requirements? Well, everybody can go on the internet and read. The NASDAQ listing requirement is a $4 bid for a minimum of 120 days prior to listing. We're at a very, very low price right now. So if we were looking at it and I was to file an application tomorrow at this point in time, yes, we would have to do a reverse split. But being that we are probably, um, we're at least four to five months from being in that uplift phase, you know, being conservative, and then once you get through that phase, then you start the next phase, I would imagine as we begin to close some of these open ends and uh, get the uplift done, get the get the audit done first and get the uplift done, I believe the stock price at that point should begin to appreciate. I, I believe the trigger to that is mainly going to be once we begin filing our, once we drop the on report, drop the quarterly report, not only will people actually see the revenues we've been talking about, they'll actually see them going on a quarterly basis, which should be trending in, 
in an upward direction. And as different aspects of the business come on. Uh, so at that point in time, I, I don't envision it. I can't imagine it based on how other uh, cannabis companies are trading right now and how they've gone from where we are into a, a much higher range uh, after they began to show the, the fruits of their labor. So at this point in time, no, we're not anticipating it uh, having to do it. I, I think the company at this point should be able to speak for itself. I've said once before, I'm going to let the market dictate the, the price on the stock. All right, let's change gears and let's move on to some cannabis mall questions. Uh, I know this is an area for Tom Rowland, but this is a corporate level question. I do wonder about the efficiency of headquarters in Florida doing so much business in California. Can you speak to that, Matt? Exactly. Uh, it, that's an easy one. Um, Tom Rowland uh, is, as we describe our MJ Ninja, he handles all of our cannabis, hemp, uh, infused uh, oils, and anything cannabis-related goes through Tom. Anybody even contacts me for equipment, product, co-branding, everything, I send it all to Tom. And Tom's in California. So all of our cannabis is there, run by an individual with multiple years of knowledge in the industry, done multiple different operations, growing, manufacturing, he's done it all already, so... No, there's absolutely no loss of efficiency. In fact, we operate better this way. Tom handles all the cannabis and the hemp. I handle all the Pubco stuff. I don't know how to do his stuff. He doesn't need to do mine, and it's, it's easy. And so it works actually very easily. Well, Matt, I do want to ask you, you know, this is a question for me, honestly. What kind of response have you had? I know you had the press release. You've got a contest running. Uh, I know that's something that's going to be big. Is that when the Cannabis Mall is looking to launch, when that contest is up and you've got people flying out to California? What's, what's you know, when, what, what can we look at from the Cannabis Mall in terms of timing? The... Uh, feedback from the, the, the preliminary feedback, I should say, where people are registering to get to know about when we go live on, uh, for people to actually fill out the form to register to go on that tour has been good, really good. We're actually, we get responses every day. We keep a national folder of them. Uh, I think we're, you know, getting near the several hundred point right now. Um, and our attorneys are working on the language that needs to be done for the 50 states to be able to participate in that contest. And to answer your second question of when the, the cannabis mall will launch, we'd like everybody out there, and I really believe timing falls in line with everything, when the we, so they can see manufacturing, they can see the distribution operation, they can see the delivery operation. Um, the uh, testing facility might be live, it could be under construction. I know that's the next license that we're uh, going to be going for. So at least three, possibly four of the license. That, that's the main part you want to see. You really want to see the manufacturing and the distribution. Those are the key to the operation. Our, our process, we, we did, as everybody knows, we did apply in Hollywood. That was the first thing we ever did to, to try to get the retail and consumption. And uh, that was probably the best turn down that we ever got because through before when that happened before that happened we were we began this process of where we are now with the sacramento operation 
And so, or if we get to go there now. And the people in West Hollywood who were awarded those eight licenses are now finding out that even though they were awarded a license at the end of last year, they're not even going to be operational until 2020, 2021. And you've still got to pay your rent and do your other things. So for us, it was a blessing in disguise. And now we can focus all our operations on getting this this mall going and getting all the various licensing. But when you work in the business, the manufacturing is you want to be able to supply all the product that's going to go on the shelves. Everybody's got a retail operation. That's great. Now you've got to go out and buy product from everybody else. There's very few retail operations stocked with their own product. So we, with the capacity we'll have there, we'll be able to supply that. Then you need distribution. So you're either going to pay a third party to distribute your product, but with us we'll have that. And so now we've got two spokes in the wheelhouse. Now we have delivery, and then we've got it all within our our control. We don't have to have a third party do one facet of the operation for us. And we can go from the the northern to the southern tip of California all on our own. Well, let's stay in California then. Can you provide an update on infused edibles and have those operations moved to Sacramento? Infused edibles, from what I understand, has been opening a lot of new accounts. In fact, Chris Cross, who was the founder, one of the founders of Infused Edibles, was recently at a conference in Missouri, which recently became uh, medical. And he gave a, a keynote speech out there on CBD and uh, THC. So from there, he picked up a bunch of new accounts, and we're moving the infused edibles machinery. Uh, we've moved, uh, I think, about half of it's being moved into Sacramento now, uh, and then there'll be some training done on the infusion part of that, because it's a different process from the THC when you're making oil versus uh, edibles. So I would say um, probably by the end of the second quarter, if not a little bit sooner, the rest of it will be there and all uh, edible production will be done in Sacramento. Well, Matt, that's the last question that I have designated for you in this uh, outline of questions. Uh, once again, everyone, Tom Rowland has been uh, on the phone with the state of California and working on some things there. So I will offer this up to you. Please continue to send your questions in. Uh, I do commit that I will have Tom on the show, whether it's live like we are today or whether it's you know via our webcast podcast show. Uh, you'll still know about it. We'll make it public. We'll get the link out there. So continue to send your questions and even questions for Matt. We like having Matt on from time to time as well. Uh, But Matt, that's a wrap for everything we've got for you today. Well, thanks, Stuart. And I did want to follow up on on one question or one item we did cover, which was the actual license, which is where Tom is on the phone right now. So the the city of Sacramento, the state of California, had stopped issuing temporary licenses, or they said they were going to. Our temporary license, as everybody knows who has seen it online, it expires on 415. We did get a nine-month extension from the state to keep operating through all of 2019. But Tom's on working on the process of getting our, our actual annual license to move out of the temporary status, which uh, hopefully after this call I can get an update on that time frame, but it, we should be about 60 to 90 days out from closing that loop. But I have gotten some questions on, on licensing. It's expiring. What are you doing? You're renewing it. 
So hopefully that will cover that. And then like you did say, uh, it would be great to have Tom on so he can answer a lot of these cannabis questions and give everybody that layer of comfort to know that the person actually operating the cannabis side does know what he's doing, which Tom really does. And with that, I'm going to sign off. And as always, Stuart, thanks for the time. Thanks for the effort. I appreciate it. Absolutely. For Matt Dwyer, this is Stuart Smith. I am going to commit to you. We will get Tom Rowland on this whatever it is, station channel, live call, whatever it may be. It may be just a podcast, but we'll get Tom on soon. Thank you so much for sending in your questions. Please continue to do so.